Welcome to Awakening the Body, conversations around sexuality, psychedelics, trauma, shame, acceptance, and loving self-kindness. How can we bravely co-create safe enough spaces for our erotic and ecstatic selves to emerge and flourish, opening up to radical self-love for our weird, wonderful, and full beingness? I'm your host, Rachel Charlie, somatic sex educator living in Jojoge, Montreal, on the unceded indigenous lands of the Gonyong-Guhoke Mohawk Nation. Today, I'm excited to have Elodie Juvenal here with me in person. Elodie is a somatic intimacy coach and facilitator, sacred space holder, and founder of Ecstatic Temple in Montreal. She's also a friend and colleague, and we get to chat around ecosexuality, how Elodie's personal and professional journey have been deeply intertwined, and how the spaces that she facilitates and co-creates open an opportunity to make change towards intimacy and love that can ripple out into community. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and links to Elodie's website will be in the show notes, so check it out. So here I am with Elodie Juvenal, and maybe you're going to introduce yourself, and then I'll say a few things about how I know you and what I know about you. Yay. Hi, Rachel. Mm. I'm so happy I'm here. Yeah. So excited to play with the microphone and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, my name is Elodie. Um, I'm a somatic intimacy coach, uh, intimacy facilitator, sacred space holder, founder of uh, Ecstatic Temple in Montreal. What else can I say about me? Yeah, I'm I'm curious what you're going to say about me, actually. Yeah, so I think I know you primarily from Ecstatic Temple, and I know that space as a real hub of unfolding for people and a real space of um, safety for people to explore what is the erotic in different containers that you have actually developed yourself. And I really feel like what you have created has been a place facilitating change for community in Montreal and a real space for community around the ecstatic and the erotic to evolve and grow and develop. It's beautiful how you put it in words. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you mentioned transformation, and this is one of the values that I bring to my work uh, in my private practice and in group facilitation. And yeah, there is that beauty with Ecstatic Temple in the way we bring people together um, Mm. and we we co-create those containers where people can explore and those are really like laboratories where like we do create a container and then they they do them like they just feel into what they want and uh, and explore within the container and and it's very beautiful healing potent mm. to witness uh so much 
Yeah, and it's certainly been um, a really potent place for my own growth and transformation as well. So I really thank you for that. Mm. I feel like there's a real longing in myself. I know in myself, but I, I think I see it in a lot of other people for more connection, more intimacy, more understanding, like what what is sexuality? What is it like to have naked bodies together and for more spaces like that? And I often think, well, it's up to me personally to bring as much of that into my life as possible and spread it out. But you're actually a person who's been doing this and bringing it into general community in in Montreal for like ecstatic temple has existed for five years now right yeah Mm. five years on Saturday yeah tomorrow no the day after yeah the day after (laughs) yeah we kind of created that date like from it's not exactly officially five years but the first events took place in the fall 2018 Mm -hmm. and and yeah there is a piece you shared you mentioned around like bringing some of the those teachings, the, some things you explored, you experienced in the in in the events or in your in your life, mm-hmm. and I really see that um, in people. Again, this is something I share in the events. Is like this doesn't stop there once you leave the door and like you go back to your regular life. Like you are bringing this with you, and you're like gonna um, as ripples, like mm-hmm. you're gonna mm-hmm. resonate and. Um, yeah, shine through like whatever you learn is going to shine for you and is going to bring something to art like around you, even if the people around you don't come to the events. Yeah. And, uh, and this is a place for freedom as well, like just to be authentically us, mm. authentically in all levels, all layers of what human being is. Mm. And sex is part of it, like eros is part of it. Oh gosh, there's so many different kinds of containers that you hold in this space or that the people, other people that are working within this hold. And I think one of my favorites has been the tondra. Do you want, do you have anything to say about that one? Yeah. Because I do if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So just for the context, uh, at Ecstatic Temple, we have different intensity level events depending on where you are and what you want to experiment. And Tandr are like the spaces where you can explore the connection um, that could be platonic to sensual with like soft to moderate erotic energy. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no completely, like there is no genital touch, Mm -hmm. so we can explore with all the rest of our bodies. And... Yeah, I have a special love for that event as well because this is where magic happens. Because in our everyday life, I feel the way we are exploring sex is really either it's platonic or it's like full-on genital, physical Mm -hmm. uh, connection. And there is so much thing happening in between in the subtleties, in the nuances of uh, what erotic energy and connection can be so yeah i love seeing people in those containers like really feeling into the discomfort sometimes of being in between Mm. and the beauty and healing of being in between Mm. that you don't have to go all the way towards like gentle sex to have fun Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I really love that aspect of it. And I'm really curious because you're often in the space of being a facilitator and how has this holding space but also witnessing, how has it changed you? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> Let me feel into that. So first, like when I created the first temples, uh, I did it because I had that need for myself. So that was very selfish of me of like, oh, I want those space and they don't exist. So, and no one is creating them. So I will do them. And eventually it became something bigger. And first of all, it changed me in like the facilitation aspect. Like I never facilitated groups before. So it was completely new to me. And when I started, I, I really felt like, oh, this is my place. This is where I'm supposed to be. Um, so it really shifted the way I perceived myself um, in my work. Mm-hmm. And then there is a big, big piece about humility. Uh, even though it started from a place of like myself wants something, mm-hmm. I knew nothing about visitation. And after five years, and I don't know how many events I facilitated, like maybe more than 50 or 60, something like that. I'm still really humbled by being a facilitator and seeing how I, I receive. I receive so much um, from participants who show up, who show themselves vulnerable, who trusts mm-hmm. the container, who trust me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I receive energetically as well because holding space for a group, Mm -hmm. like I'm part of the Mm -hmm. group body Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it really brought even more love for human. Mm. I had some, but like the gift of witnessing uh, some people arriving, like from the first time they, they arrive at Exotic Temple and to see them evolve and open up and becoming like whole and in their full expression and mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. things about them that is not about their personality, but more, to, more about like who they really are, mm-hmm. their essence. Mm-hmm. And like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think as a participant, like I feel that often as well too. It's just like, oh, wow, yeah. I'm wondering if if there's anything you can think of specifically, like an example of something beautiful you might have witnessed. <laughs> I'm like feeling about one example. I know. <laughs> um, okay. So one of my favorite rituals that we offer at Ecstatic Temple and I do co-facilitate with my partner is making love to the unknown. Mm-hmm. This is a practice where participants are blindfolded and they dive into a group exploration, a nonverbal exploration. Mm-hmm. And what is created in those spaces is such a landscape of human bodies and love and tenderness and uh, like the 
aesthetical beauty of it first but also the shares in the end like when people get out of that experience and they share about being a cell floating in universe or being a plant or like Mm -hmm. feeling unconditional love Mm -hmm. or like having that life-changing experience like wow so to me witnessing that because there is so few that I do in that I really create the container and then you go and you play and what turns out to happen, like, it's probably, like, every time I'm fascinated by it. It's probably amongst the most beautiful things I have witnessed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing, the other question I have, like, how has all of this impacted your personal life? Because one of the other things that I know about you and I'm also really grateful for is having been invited into some parts of your own personal mm-hmm. life. And and just to me it feels like this uh, real curiosity perhaps if I bring all of this into my personal life, mm-hmm. how does it change my friendships? How does it change the nature of the erotic and the ecstatic in friendship? Is that possible? And just that, that's kind of a question. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd say it's two way. Mm. The first way is that I am actually very inspired by what I experienced in my, I'm going to say in, uh, how you call that? Oh, the the parenthesis. I'm going to put (laughs) this in parenthesis. parenthesis. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm inspired by the experience in my personal life that, Like, really, today, I don't feel there is any difference between personal and professional. Like, this is what I am and what Mm -hmm. I experience. But there are lots of my my experience in my personal life, in my friendships, in the events I'm I'm attending that inspired me to create some things at Ecstatic Temple. And on the other way around, like, obviously, with Ecstatic Temple, we created a culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the culture comes with a community, obviously, mm-hmm. to to carry it. And it becomes kind of like shared value, common language, vocabulary in the way we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And that really affects the little tribe that I'm like gathering, uh, like the close, closest friends that I have mm-hmm. with whom we gather maybe twice a year. And the way we co-create those gatherings is really supported by the culture that we we have uh, yeah. with the community. Yeah. So you mentioned like erotic and friendship, and there is that very fluid connection in between us. Mm. Um, and it doesn't look what it looks like. Many people imagine that, for example, one of the, the gathering we have every year is my birthday and we spend the weekend together. It's been years that I've been mm. doing that. And every year it's so special. And some people that I invite, they don't come because they're afraid this is just about orgies and like drugs. And the truth is like, it's nothing but that. Like it's, it's so much about sensuality, true yeah. connection. Yeah. Like, yes, we could be naked and yes, we could use some like psychedelics or cacao, but this is super soft and it turns up to be so like, incredibly creative yeah for example there was that specific year um, where one of the supper was served on someone's body yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know it was 
so spontaneous <laughs> and beautiful. And you know, you tell that story to someone and they imagine it very like a bit creepy sushi eating a naked woman thing, but it was not at no, all. Like it was not. That. It was so gorgeous and so sacred. And yeah, yeah, I, I could. <laughs> that that was spontaneous. I don't know how that happened. I can't imagine that I would ever be comfortable lying on a table for hours with food all over me. It was magical. Mm. It was nothing short of magic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was definitely thinking, oh, my God, am I taking up too much space? Like, this has happened. It's not my birthday, but this is like a 100 birthdays in one for me. And it was. it felt so welcomed and... It was the best experience ever. And I felt like I was in perimenopause at that stage. And I, I really felt like it was, oh, this is my, this is my space for like, I, I will always have ecstasy <laughs> as I age. Like yeah. it's real hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really honoring to me all the levels of what pleasure is. Like, I remember we were eating with our hands and there was like that so perfectly cooked salmon and oh. the music also when I came into the room, like there was that beautiful music because <laughs> I had the playlist playing and, and then someone say, Hey, supper is served. And I, I came out of the stairs and I see that like <laughs> visual of like you lying on the table and like the food. And then we ate with our hands and there were some people under the table playing mm. and oh my God. That was so amazing, and uh, yeah. and the last birthday, like this year, I I I made a request to my friends to at some point blindfold me and just do things to me, yeah. and that turned out to be such a journey, and again so creative with like yeah. they they danced with me, they fed me, they created kind of a storm with a tarp that was on the ground, and it ended with. I was given a bath by like four of my male friends and they sang in Aww. the bathroom. It felt like Gregorian chants. Aww. And oh my God, this is so like difficult to, to transmit how yeah. beautiful those moments and how sacred those moments are. Like you said, magical and yeah. it, it, it was beyond magical. There is something sacred in the intentional ritualistic way mm. we do create mm. those spaces. Mm. Um, so yeah, I feel this is like, I don't know what feeds what does like the community feeds the magic within mm. that group of friends mm. of like the group of friends feeds the magic within the community. Yeah. But yeah, I don't completely understand it, but it, it happens. And it's such an inspiration and an invitation of what can happen when we allow ourselves to be creative and ask for all these different things and grow these different things and like we could go and watch a movie, we could go out for dinner or we could just explore, right, and have these magical vortexes of creating our own. It's it's not even magic. It is, but it's it's also it's medicine as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's medicine. I feel this is really coming back to what being human mm -hmm. is. 
Um, <laughs> being in tribes, being mm. in community, being in, in nature. Mm. We've been given those beautiful bodies that feel mm. so much. Mm. And we're like stuck in our heads. Mm. And to me, those moments is about like deconstructing mm. what we've been taught and creating those bubbles of beauty in time. And it doesn't have to be specifically contained in my birthday weekend. could be like yeah. in everyday life. Yeah. So yeah. this is really to me where magic happens. It's like mm-hmm. reconnecting. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, it really feels like I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to have a body a certain way. I don't even have to have impeccably good health. I don't even have to be able-bodied. All I have to do, all I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it just creates this real freedom in the body and and the creativity lends itself to all of us. Mm-hmm. Like what can we do? How do you want to play? What what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is really a question of mindset. Mm. And this is something I keep repeating my clients who come and wants to learn techniques. And I'm like, yeah, I can teach you techniques, but it's like music. At some point, you want to jam. And so, yes, I can teach you the notes, but in the end, it's like, what's the mindset where you can let the flow of creativity flow through you and then you can become a musician? Mm -hmm. Um, So with sex with intimacy with creating Mm -hmm. those spaces it's really about like okay how can we create that container Mm -hmm. to be in the right mindset Mm -hmm. and yes we can use those tools like activation tools like cacao a mushroom or like erotic energy but in the end we are the channels about like we are the one who are creating the reality we want yeah And so this is the first time we've talked about you working with clients, not just ecstatic temple. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share something about like you've had a long evolution in that work with a lot of changes and a lot of changes that have been necessary to you? I think even sometimes where you were thinking, I don't know if I want to keep doing this even Mm -hmm. to what feels like now a really different space. Yeah. So... The way I started doing this work is actually pretty, I mean, unexpected because I I have a degree in marketing and I used to work in web marketing. I moved in Quebec and I had immigration issues. I couldn't work anymore. Mm. And I had to figure out something. And I ended up doing some erotic massage. That was in 2013, I think. Uh, I arrived in 2013, yeah. and so the yeah. massage part was a bit after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I never did that. I mean, I wasn't a touchy person. I was a sexual person, <laughs> but I wasn't really into that. And eventually I realized I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was something about the context that was shitty, and I mm-hmm. was in a very bad mental state mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at that time. But I decided to do a training in massage therapy. And I had that feeling that there was something between sex and therapy and like counseling. And there was something that wasn't clear to me. Mm. And then I've been told about somatic sex education. And I was like, oh my God, this is what exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I started that training. In the meantime, I experienced a, a spiritual awakening. I discovered Tantra. I started to, doing very intuitive tantric massage. Um, and at some point, I got really tired, really exhausted. And through the journey of uh, doing somatic sex education and other trainings that I was doing, I realized I had trauma. Mm-hmm. I had sexual abuse trauma that from events that happened when I was 17 and early 20s mm-hmm. that I knew about, but I didn't realize how much it affected me. Yeah. And I had to take breaks in my work because, I mean, there was nothing wrong in the work that I was doing, but there were pieces of me not being fully present. I was, at some point, I realized I was dissociating mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. giving erotic touch to yeah. men. Yeah. So I had to work through my own thing because I don't want to work with someone if I'm dissociated. I mean, yeah. it's not good for anyone. And yeah, so I, through that journey, so first of all, like the journey I I did with like learning massage therapy, then somatic sex education and tantra really opened up a whole world for me because I experienced a spiritual awakening through those kind of teaching. Then I I realized I had trauma and I did some trauma healing that was mostly through somatic approach, mm-hmm. like somatic yeah. experiencing yeah. specifically, but not just that. So my work has been really intertwined with my personal journey. That's why I said earlier that there is to me no difference now. Mm-hmm. And eventually in the past year or so, I really reconnected to the most spiritual aspect of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And it became clear that I want to like more integrate more of this in my work. Um, where before my spirituality was something very intimate that I was practicing on my own, but mm-hmm. I was not completely owning in public. Mm-hmm. And now I also see how powerful this is to connect to soul level, spirit level, and not just the personal. Yeah, I also yeah. see where like it's super important to work on the self and the physical and the trauma and to also have that integration. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you said that yeah, I had like different steps. Yeah, and I'm currently in a new a new shift where mm-hmm. I intend to bring in more like spiritual perspective dimension in my work. But my, I would say my superpower is to be able to bridge in between the more pra- pragmatic world mm-hmm. uh, to that more spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Um, I really come from a background that is very pragmatic. I was not a spiritual person 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of clients who are like CEOs, investors, uh, yeah. like yeah. people who are really like in the matter and yeah. they're doing some work in the matter yeah. and they're like, feeling that there is something more but they don't want to go into something too hoo or too esoteric for them mm-hmm. so yeah that's where i am right now mm-hmm. trying to integrate all those pieces in in the real world because this is where we experience life yeah <sighs> so yeah i'm really thinking of that connection between the spiritual and the pragmatic and the ways in which we can bridge that Um, which makes me think of two things I'd like to possibly bring into the conversation that are kind of around that. And one of them is the idea of eco-sexuality. And the other one is working with psychedelics and both of those aspects. How have they informed you or changed you? 
It's a big question. Yeah. Actually, to me, they're really good hand in hand together. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> uh, so I love the term ecosexuality. And when you, you sent me the questions and I was like, oh, actually, I feel this is really connected to shamanism, or what I call shamanism. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is an aspect in ecosexuality that is to connect with the eras of the earth the mm. life force of the earth mm-hmm. like earth as a kundalini and we are channeling that kundalini mm. uh, from earth to cosmos at least that's my uh, perspective like uh-huh. that we are kind of a channel yeah connecting earth and cosmos and like channeling mm. consci- consciousness and life force and so wait, to me wait that that's a big statement right we are <laughs> that and it's so beautiful that you said that because I've been actually feeling exactly that more and more so yeah now I want to hear more but I just want to say that that's a lot we are connecting life force energy between the earth and the cosmos and that's what we do yeah Mm -hmm. thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've been kind of soaking in that kind of container like I've been doing that training that's called teaching that the temple is all about that and uh-huh. i've been soaking into that for months so it feels like very like yeah this is natural thing but i hear like that can be like mm-hmm. <laughs> a big yeah. statement mm-hmm. uh, it's funny yeah so coming back to ecosexuality again when i read your um your desire to go there i was like you know what, ecosexuality is such, like, it's a word that feels really good and also very, yeah, reductive. Because to me, like, sex can feel like something very genital or climax mm-hmm. thing, whereas to me, ecosexuality uh, is really, like I said, connecting to the eras of the earth and connecting to nature in ways that are, like, through our senses, through our, like, uh, awareness, mm-hmm. uh, mindfulness, mm-hmm. pleasure, mm-hmm. and how we can be awakened and awaken nature because I feel there is an exchange there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned psychedelics. So I feel like I've had a connection with nature since I was a kid and I lost it. And mm-hmm. then I came back to it, especially mm-hmm. when I, I arrived in Quebec. I, I really felt nature like coming really deep at me. Mm-hmm. And my psychedelic experience, specifically outside in nature, really reconnected me in a deeper way with nature. Mm. When I say nature, it's it's not just the trees and plants, it's like animals, it's like the sun and the moon and the, the earth and the rocks mm. and how those different densities of energies can interact with us. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so to me, ecosexuality is not just sexuality it's really connecting with all the dimensions of beings and it's a very spiritual approach and love making to the earth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like sexual in what we feel sex Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. Um, i had energetic connection where i was being penetrated by the sun and by the earth and being completely in that threesome uh, of feeling those two very deep energy uh, yeah. traverse, like um, getting through me. Mm. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to put words on that, but I would say psychedelics really opened up mm. a word that was there, but they, it really opened my eyes to mm. all the layers and all the subtleties that we can have in connection to nature, yeah. and that we're really part of that. It's part of an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for myself it's been um, a tricky journey into that. I feel like I have been very disconnected from nature and that it's been a really slow journey with a lot of, um, particularly with psychedelics, it, when something new happens in terms of connecting with what's around me, it, I feel a lot of humility in that, oh, wow, I didn't know this. I've never felt this before. And I once had a really deep experience where I was, I have a lot of experiences being water, being bodies of water. And I've told this story to a few people, but I experienced myself as a river, Mm. like the whole river. I could never have imagined this. And there was red clay earth under me. And I made love to my lover, the red clay earth, for three thousand years and when I came back to being Rachel I wept I was like no no not Rachel river I want to be the river I want that love I want that freedom I want this depth of relationship that is constant and this constant being in ecstasy together with my my mates, the earth below me. I feel you can be Rachel and the river. Yeah. It was such a lesson in depth of intimacy and actually what longevity and real depth and ecstasy can actually feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had experiences like, the one you shared, mm. uh, where I I became some territory, and I I was a territory. I was not an organ like I was not one individual being. I was just like everything in that territory. I was the earth. I was like the tectonic plaque moving, and it's hard to explain that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. to me. It's there is a resonance with kind of the collective. Um, so, and it's different from like experimenting with archetypes because this is mm-hmm. more like kind of a, a um, it's not even a being, it's something bigger than a being. It's, yeah, I don't know how to describe that kind of experiment when you're like mm-hmm. your river or your territory or you're like the sun or like, to me, this is the essence of the divine and how as as human being in our individual self, we are so limited in the experience of what life is. Except we have these experiences that seem to be available to us and that's the delimiting, like that's perhaps the beauty of being human is that we can experience ourselves as multidimensional beings. Yeah. That's very true. Um, and we, we have access to that. Not everyone does it, but mm. we, I feel everyone can have access to it. Yeah. And I, 
I wonder sometimes if this kind of access, for me it feels like the beginning. It, it already feels so big and like so much, but it really feels like a baby, like I'm a baby entering into this new world. And it feels more like what is our potential as humans really? Like what, what can we be? What yeah. are we really if we can experience this? What actually are we? Yeah. It also makes me think about like what is the experience of other beings? You have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. how they experience life mm-hmm. because we are like stuck when we are in ourselves, like coming back to ourselves. You being Rachel, me being Elodie, mm-hmm. like the way I experience life is through my eyes and my own self. Mm-hmm. And when I shift in those perspectives using cyclic breathwork, erratic mm-hmm. energy, any mm-hmm. trans state, then I become something bigger and I have access to be something different and to have yeah. another perspective but I have no idea what it is like to be a squirrel or a tree and how we are, it seems that we're different because we experiment the world from our point mm. of view, but in the end we have no fucking idea what it is like to be something else mm-hmm. uh, or just being a baby. I've had so many of those experience, experiences where I go back into a state of uh, regression where I feel that complete vulnerable state of being something that feels like being a baby where mm-hmm. I have needs and I, I can't communicate I can't um, and I'm just like my boundaries are very porous and I'm really like yeah needing other human yeah. beings to be safe and yeah so I agree like psychedelics and other ways to access mm. trans states because mm. to me those this is not just with psychedelics mm-hmm. this is a tool but there are mm. other tools like like the kind of session that we offer mm. um, that can bring you in a certain altered state of consciousness dance can be a way to access yeah. that erotic energy breath work mm. they just made us realize that our perspective is so narrow yeah. And how much there is to understand that we absolutely don't comprehend. Because mm. it's uh, it's complicated to integrate such an experience as being a river or territory in our brain, yeah. mind of yeah. human being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I find it's complicated to come back from something like that mm. and just to be like, okay, ooh, now I'm this. And look around at the walls and just think, I I want something faster. I want more of this in my life. Of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's complicated and to me, sometimes coming back feels like, yeah, this is what I've chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I'm here to experiment that, mm-hmm. to be in that body-mind and have access and I'm so privileged to have access to all of this and mm-hmm. like there are moments where I, I I cannot completely realize the the path that I've done from where I used to be 10 years ago and where I am today where I can access those states of consciousness and like I'm so grateful yeah to be able to experience that and even though sometimes yes I feel you in the terms of like how can I be more fast and in the other like on another end I'm like this is my life yeah and yeah. I can offer other 
human being the possibility to access those experiences. And to mm -hmm. me, this is the gift that I want to share, being able to travel those realms and come back safe and yeah. then accompany other people to do yeah. so. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, so this this work, working with clients, working with groups is not so simple. It's this invitation perhaps to discover like what are we mm -hmm. what can we be and how can we play and how can we enjoy these beautiful beautiful bodies that we have that yeah. are so finely attuned to sensation and what's going on around us and mm -hmm. yeah mm. yeah and to me the journey started with the body mm. yeah i really i was completely dissociated for years mm. and when i came back to my body to pleasure to somatic practices to dance mm -hmm. to movement to mm -hmm. like sex that was safe because i experimented sex for like a long time that was not safe for mm -hmm. me and mm -hmm. and eventually this opened up to new new realms to new sensation to energy feeling to spirituality to so this to me has been a way towards spiritual self like it's to become more embodied yeah and yeah using the felt sense to then expand the experience that I had. Mm -hmm. So I really, I'm really grateful for the body to be there, to be that vessel that allows us to explore and experiment and feel so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a very abstract, conceptual discussion. I think I never shared that kind of experience publicly. <laughs> like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, um... I do have a question. Yeah. Why is this work so important right now? You mean in general or for me? The work that you're doing both mm. in ecstatic temple, personally. So I didn't know when I started, but now I know why. Good. <laughs> <laughs> why I do this work. Why this is so important that like mm -hmm. me or someone else does it doesn't matter like mm -hmm. in the end just the, the works need to be done um there is a shift in human awareness in mm -hmm. human consciousness in the the earth consciousness mm -hmm. there is a shift i don't know if again if it's human earth nature whatever but right. and we can see it like it's very there like compared to the the length of history of the planet's existence and the human existence like it's such a short time that we're in that so much things are happening and i really feel we are on the edge of the transition in civilization in yeah. the way we live and experience life um and to me the intention of the work that i'm doing is to support that transition to support mm -hmm. the transition toward more consciousness, more awareness. Like mm -hmm. we were just speaking of nature, we're yeah. in a global crime, climate crisis, mm -hmm. um, ecological crisis. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid of that, but mm -hmm. I feel we need more human beings who are aware of what's happening and who are feeling into nature. Because mm -hmm. this is not in living in cities and being stuck on our phone that we can feel what's happening in nature. And the same way many, many people are looking into spirituality right now. Mm. Like big monotheus, uh, mono, 
Monotheism. Monotheist religions. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Thank you for doing this interview in English. <laughs> it's okay. It's very... <laughs> Thank you for Thank helping you so me much. with the words. <laughs> I feel you're going to cut the parts where I'm, like, stumbling on words. Though I don't mind, but... Uh, so, yeah, the big mon monotheist religions seem a bit monolithic. Mm -hmm. And there there is a need for something else. And I'm, I'm feeling into that kind of, uh, you know, there are lots of discussion around cultural appropriation. But to me, this is kind of like we're looking into the new spirituality yeah. for, for for human, for Western mm -hmm. human mm -hmm. civilization. And and feeling into the Eastern philosophies mm -hmm. and the uh, indigenous philosophies. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a big coming back to nature. Mm -hmm. So to me, I see those movements like spiritual movement, um, environmental uh, movement, feminist movement as like kind of shifts. We're really mm -hmm. questioning uh, the current system yeah. for reasons. Yeah. And so the work that I'm doing is to support that, to create those spaces where human can experiment something different, a different way of being. Mm -hmm. And energetically speaking, it's also creating vortexes. Mm -hmm. that will activate that earth consciousness mm -hmm. and had ripple effects like mm -hmm. we shared in the beginning. Yeah. So this is the why. Yeah. So really, thank you, Elodie, for doing the work that you do, for actually doing it, for making changes in your life and following your own inner guidance to do this because I, I don't, imagine that it's been that easy but it seems to be very like authentic which always helps when things are difficult and it's also a really beautiful um creates beautiful shifts in montreal and we're in quebec and yeah thank you for your invitation to the community of montreal and to all the work that you've been doing and bringing in to, to here with both uh, your personal private one-on-one -on -one sessions and working in community and your continued growth and learning that you seem to be constantly doing. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, thank you so much for coming to speak and just sharing a little bit about some of that. Thank you, Rachel. My grateful that you invited me and grateful to, for you to be part of that community and that tribe and those mm super crazy events <laughs> um, yeah and yeah it's not easy and it is yeah there is a knowing in me that this is the way this is the path mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it differently You can find my services for individuals both online and in person at my website in the show notes. And if you want to support my podcast, you can click on buy me a coffee. That link is also in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Awakening the Body with your host, Rachel Charlie.